Welcome to the Weave Your Bliss podcast. I'm your host, Paula Crossfield, a Vedic astrologer and business coach helping you to live in your purpose. And that is what this podcast is all about. So let's jump right in to the conversation. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, I have a lovely guest, Dr. Vignesh Devraj, who is a fourth generation Ayurvedic physician based in Kerala. His family owns an Ayurvedic pharmacy there, which has been opened for over 100 years now and has been passed down through his family. He grew up learning about Ayurveda from a young age, but initially, as he talks about in the episode, he sort of rebelled or pushed away from the way that it was being taught or the fact that he had to learn it, that he, it was a requirement for him to learn. But then he actually had an experience of Ayurveda that changed his life. And we talk about that and really set him on his path. And so he tells that story and he talks about his mission to really help Ayurvedic practitioners and health coaches and even allopathic doctors who are interested in using Ayurveda to really help people dealing with modern diseases, chronic diseases, because so many Ayurvedic practitioners come out of their schooling and don't understand actually how to sit with clients and deal with very difficult to manage disorders. I've had the privilege of working with Dr. Vignesh. He's a client of mine. And so I know very well that he has an incredible program coming up. It's a mastermind program that he tells a little bit more about in this episode. And there are links in the show notes so you can find out more if that is something that's interesting to you. But he really focuses on protocols that you can work on with your clients and works backward from there to tie this back to the foundations of Ayurveda to really understand how to help heal people. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. We talked about so many different wonderful topics, including how Ayurveda is different than allopathy and his story, his journey, and I hope that you enjoy it. So without further ado, here's the episode. Hello, Dr. Vignesh. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Paula. It's an honor to be in your podcast. So wonderful to talk to another podcaster as well, because you have a wonderful mic and setup. <laughs> <laughs> so now we sound good, both of us. It's great. Well, this mic is only like two months old. I think more than that. That's great. You're, you look very professional. So those who can't see, because it is just an audio, but like Dr. Vignesh uh, that's is very a, prepared. That's the beauty of podcasts. You don't look professional, you hear professional. Right. <laughs> so I always start by asking people about their journey. Mm -hmm. And you have such a unique journey because you were born into a family of Ayurvedic physicians mm -hmm. in Kerala. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming it was assumed that you would become an Ayurvedic physician. Mm -hmm. Is that right? <laughs> well, that was a default thing that was put on me that you have to be, you have no choice. I did have choice, but it was like, it was a subtle pressure from childhood. Yeah, and you start learning at a young age, don't you? Do they put you into school with a specific... When you join the school, uh, in the third grade and fourth grade onwards, you have to take another optionals for the language. I have to take Hindi and my third option is either I have to take my local language, which is Malayalam or Sanskrit. Mm. So my father was very persistent, you have to take Sanskrit, otherwise you're going to have a lot of difficulty when you pick up Ayurveda. So, mm -hmm. so when I was like eight years old, 
you have to start learning Sanskrit. Tell me this, what was it like? Because so many people who come on this podcast or who are listening to this podcast, they may just not know what they're supposed to be doing. Like Mm -hmm. there's no indication from the family. I mean, maybe there's pressure to do something specific, but what was it like for you to feel like you had your Dharma kind of planned out for you? And did you ever rebel? People ask me, you would have known that you are going to be an Ayurvedic doctor from since your first memories. That's the kind of questions people ask me. So even though, yes, my father is an Ayurvedic doctor, my great-grandfather was a Vaidya. But when you look at all of that, I was not so much connected with Ayurveda during my childhood because whenever I fell sick, they would give me the worst decoctions that I couldn't like. The, I didn't like the taste. So I associated a lot of negative emotions with Ayurvedic medicines because the herbs, it was not palatable and my sweet tooth was the other side. But on the other hand, you had some great linktus in Ayurveda. So whenever I used to spend time with my father in his pharmacy, you know, I used to always go near where we make the jaggery and honey and other things because if we are making chavan prash or something similar like that, narasamharasayanam, I get to steal a lot of these tasty stuff. So that was the fun part. But then, you know, I got to spend a lot of time with the patients who are waiting for my father. But this was during my childhood. But my strong association was these not so great medicines that I had to take whenever I felt sick. So this never allowed me to connect much. And then as you grew up in school, you study about chemistry, physics and mathematics, which is like completely opposite of the foundations of Ayurveda. I mean, you learn everything in English and then suddenly you read in Sanskrit, which is completely opposite. So after that, my sister told uh, my father that she doesn't want to do anything with Ayurveda because she loves numbers and she was an accountant. Then father said, okay, you have to take up, you have no other choice. And then, okay, anyway, I didn't have a big plan at that point of time. And then, okay, fine. So somebody's telling me what to do. So let's just go and join the college. And the good thing was it was outside my home. So I got to be on my own and I had my freedom. So I thought this is a great opportunity. Then you learn Ayurveda To be frank, for me, the first few years was quite boring unless I found a very good teacher who taught me and who made me understand or unless I saw a great physician treating the patients. But I was a very kinesthetic kid. I was not so good at school unless the teacher was really a great storyteller or I love to learn with my feelings and with my touch. So unless I experienced it, I I could rarely connect with that subject. And the same with Ayurveda. And then my story is... Due to my sweet tooth and my unhealthy habits, I got into severe allergies during my teenage and uh, a time came I had to depend on allopathic drugs for symptomatic relief because it was that severe and I was afraid of going to sleep because my nose was always blocked and then you can't sleep. So whenever you have to rely on allopathic medicines, even though it gives you a symptomatic relief, over time you realize this is not sustainable. And then my father tells me, this is not sustainable. You have to do this panchakarma. And that panchakarma was my awakening. That was the time I realized what this can actually do to a person. Like it really opened up my nose first and I started breathing first thing. And apart from that, I started realizing, oh my God, I never felt so good in my body. And then, you know, you connect all the dots backwards. Then you could relate because I had this feeling, my first hand feeling, and then I could able to understand 
why people were not able to connect with ayurveda in the first place and why they were not able to appreciate because the language in which they teach is not something which a common man is able to understand unless there is someone who is very good at uh, you know able to connect the dots and say that how this is going to be practical in today's generation that is how i realized this is wow i am chosen and this subject chose me and then this has been a beautiful journey from then on and then i realized i wanted to start a panchakarma retreat then i started sitaram beach retreat where i wanted to people to come and do panchakarma and connect with nature and uh, then it's a beautiful journey then onwards it's so beautiful because it's like karmically speaking you were born into this family where you were going to get the knowledge that <laughs> that this you know that we talk about the vidyas as being living goddesses or you know they have an energy to them and so we're relating to them you know and so it was like it pulled you in in a way mm-hmm. but you had to go through your own healing journey so that you could understand other people's struggles so that's just it's almost perfect now looking back <laughs> wouldn't you say it's like you learned something through that whole process that's true what when people ask me how do i find my passion i tell them don't be under pressure to find what it is just keep on experimenting and one day you will be able to connect the dots backwards so but you have to keep on experimenting let's not be stuck that i want to find it everything immediately that's true i mean for myself i did marketing and you know started a nonprofit i did all these things that really helped me understand business and so i was meanwhile studying astrology and totally passionate about it and i tried to run away from all of that but then i realized oh <laughs> that was all really useful information i can just apply the two together yeah so it's really beautiful so Um for those I know a lot of people know about Ayurveda but I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about how Ayurveda really excels in helping us with our health compared to western approaches. You talked a little bit about your own experience but maybe you can elaborate a little bit. During my college days most of my colleague students were studying Ayurveda because they could not get a seat for allopathic system and they were really upset that they didn't manage to do that so Ayurveda was like a substitute to at least they are becoming a medical doctor but not like the life saving allopathic doctor who stands in the emergency room or the cardiology room or you know when people are about to die he comes and saves their life but ayurveda you don't have that charm of a firefighter who goes and saves and gets a bravery award it's a completely different genre so when i see these students and i was also brainwashed and you get to speak to them and they always say why are we studying this new stuff in sanskrit it, it's so difficult because all your 18 years of your teenage in your school and 17 years you've been learning something different and then suddenly you are put up a new language you know you are we have a saying it's like a blindfolding you and putting you in a forest and you have to figure out your way that's how it feels for many people but luckily i, I did study sanskrit and i did know many things being with my father but i was trying to connect the dots but still you know it, i was not able to really connect with it what i saw in allopathic system at that point of time was you know we were just feeling insecure we don't have a painkiller we don't have a antibiotics we don't have a steroid when people are coming with severe pain we don't have an immediate quick fix relief for that so uh, in allopathic system you have fantastic things like paracetamol somebody is coming with fever you give paracetamol immediately the fever subsides and here we tell ayurveda we tell okay you have to drink hot water you have to take rice soup you should uh, fast maybe my goodness at that point of time it never made sense to me why are they torturing people when they are already sick like that way of looking at it at that point of time because you didn't know what was going on 
But then later when I started realizing when people are taking this quick fix remedies, they are completely getting disconnected to their bodies. Our body is the greatest pharmacy that is ever devised. And whatever we are trying to buy from a pharmaceutical shop, it's already there in our body. Our body is producing that, be it a sleeping pill. Our body releases that hormone at night so that we can fall asleep. Be it a hormone replacement therapy that you're getting, it's already there inside our body. Sometimes we are not so connected with our body and then suddenly we start getting into that. So what happens today, we live in a community where we are so disconnected with our true selves. And that is why more and more people are relying on Ayurveda than any other time. And also, the college that I studied, it was in a rural area where we used to get a lot of people with pain and sometimes some emergency cases also. So we did in our hospital, we also had an allopathic doctor who took care of some emergency cases. So at that time, an allopathic doctor was a genius. He's always saving lives. And for Ayurveda, we had a lot of people coming with chronic conditions like arthritis, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's. So it took some like two, three months to start seeing the recovery in them. But when we saw the recoveries, finally, we started realizing, oh my God, why are they coming to Ayurveda? Because they tried all the doctors in allopathic science and it didn't work. And then what I understood was an Ayurvedic doctor is a physician for the leftover patients. Like, you know, a patient goes shopping with allopathic system and it didn't work. And then they realize this is not working and they come to an Ayurvedic doctor. And then my conclusion was when people ask me what's the difference between allopathy and Ayurveda is allopathic doctor is trained to keep a person. How will I keep this person alive? He's monotonously like a tunnel vision. I want to keep that person alive. So when you're you know, having a, that tunnel vision, how can I keep this person alive? Being alive and having a beautiful life, having that vitality, having that fulfillment, are two different things. So, I tell people, allopathy is the answer to humanity's question. How can I add more years to my life? Whereas Ayurveda is the answer to humanity's question, how can I add more life to the rest of the years of my life? So, how can I add more uh, quality of life? That is what we are looking for. I mean, what's the point in having longevity if you're sick for the rest of the life? We want, and many people today, uh, you know, do you want to live that long? because the people don't want to live that long because they don't trust that they're going to be healthy. So I want to live long and I want to be super healthy and young. That's the mindset that we need to have. And that is where the concept of Ayurveda is coming. And that's the beauty of Ayurveda. Dr. Svoboda says, you know, you want, you don't want to be moving along like this and then fall off a cliff. I'm showing my hand just going straight and then diving off the cliff. Or, you know, instead with Ayurveda, it's like you do a gradual decline into your death you know, so that it doesn't happen suddenly. And I feel like that's where people desperately turn to Western medicine, hoping they can be saved from their cliff fall, you know, so <laughs> it's very useful. Thanks for bringing Dr. Soboda, uh, because his book, Prakriti, Ayurvedic Constitution, that was one of my most important books that changed my perspective on understanding the concepts of Ayurveda. Even though you know, uh, one of my benefits of being a doctor in Kerala, if you can read Malayalam, is many of the books are written in Malayalam. And his books are one of the few authentic English books that has the ability to translate these Sanskrit words into its true, truest meanings. You know, we, see, we say the word lost in translation. He has that knack to not to let it go off from this tr translation. 
He's obsessed with words. So <laughs> exactly. he, he thinks about it very hard before he makes a, a call on how to translate something. And I just want to say, you know, Dr. Vignesh, I mentioned you have a podcast, Ayurveda Healing and Beyond, and you recently had Dr. Sabota on and you guys had such an amazing conversation about karma. So if you guys haven't checked that out, go and check out his podcast for sure. So that was something you started during the pandemic, right? So how did that impact you? You have this retreat and I'm you most of the people are coming from abroad or are there lots of Indians that come too? And like, did the pandemic force you to kind of rethink how you were doing things there? Till mid-March of 2020, life was going great. And you are thinking that, wow, uh, you know, I was living my dream of, you know, helping people to recover and living their best because people around the world would visit Sitaram Beach Retreat because our airport is only one and a half hours from our place. And all the big flights from big cities would come. Life was going great and we had a fantastic patients from around the world and we used to have like one year wait list for people coming for Panchakarma. But it, it's a small place. We just have like 27 rooms. And then suddenly the lightning hit. Everything had to shut down and people are afraid of this uh, virus. And then, you know, suddenly there is a calmness. There is all the noise has gone because... You are by yourself in this beach and this garden and all the retreat is for yourself. It's just me and some gardeners who are allowed to work on the garden because it was considered essential because if the garden goes out, you know, nobody can do that. And then those times I was thinking, what should I do now? You know, there are no patients, there, are, there is nothing. And then suddenly I started realizing there is something called podcast. Then I started thinking this is something that I love talking. Then I started asking people to come and interview them. Then people started saying, this is fantastic. I love the content that you're putting. And then I started as a hobby and now I love putting the content up, and, you know, inviting different people like Dr. Soboda. And then we're going to have you in the future in one of the episodes. So it's like a living university, you know, online university. You get to learn from so many people and you go through their books. So that podcasting was something that kept me really grounded during the lockdown because we had to close down the retreat for almost four months after that. But then we opened and then a lot of Indian domestic guests also started coming. And now we are back to full swing. Uh, yes, COVID is still there, but still people are coming in spite of that. I think people are realizing more about the need of sciences like Ayurveda for immunity and ability to recover from if they fall sick. I'm glad that lockdown gave me so many insights and also made me realize what is it that I truly want. And looking at what this lockdown did, what this COVID did, people are really not feeling safe about the healthcare system. That's one thing I understood. So pre-lockdown, when people ask me, what is your vision, Dr. Vignation? This is something I still continue in my podcast, but I have to rephrase it. Before, my vision was guiding humanity experiencing their healthiest self. And this is what I was doing, you know, helping them to get into routine, eliminating unhealthy stuff and giving them, inspiring them to live healthiest. That was my, this thing. And now when I see what is going on with people, with, with my online consultations, people going through fears and anxiety and mental health issues going over the roof. And because of that, they are having other physical issues, uh, diseases like fibromyalgia, metabolic disorders. Now, I think I have to revise my vision as to create a healthcare where people feel safe. They are given the right way to recover. This is what 
I feel my new vision is. And this is what is making me wake up every morning to work on. So beautiful. So I have the privilege of having you as a client, which is <laughs> such a gift because you are such an ideal client. And something that's remarkable, first of all, you're in your Jupiter period, you know, so you have this vision, you're casting this vision and letting grace lead you in, in what you do. And it's so beautiful to see how things just kind of work out. And you have that Joven personality of like, oh, everything ended, let's start a podcast, you know, <laughs> so it's really beautiful. But I also know that you're, you're also on a mission to help health coaches and Ayurvedic practitioners start to really think like a Vaidya. And so I was wondering maybe if you can talk about that and talk about your upcoming program that you're launching that you really want to help this group of people and maybe why, why you feel like they need that support. Thank you, Paula, for the questions that you asked me during the coaching session. So first I was a bit thinking, should I do this? But the questions that you ask, you know, it really brings out clarity. And that's what we all need. Clarity is so powerful. That's what we need at the end of the day. Once you're clear with what you want and what you don't want, then it becomes so easy to move forward. So thank you for that. And I really appreciate that, the questions that you asked during your coaching sessions. And uh, why I wanted to do this mastermind program for practitioners, because I see many Ayurveda practitioners or allopathic doctors approaching me. They would like to learn about Ayurveda and because they see many patients. Okay, sometimes there are neurologists from Europe. They send their patients to me uh, struggling with autoimmune disorders. And then I, I write a report to them after they finish their three to four weeks of Panchakarma and I send it back to them. And these neurologists are like, what are you doing? I want to learn how this is possible. You are able to do something which the science, the so-called evidence-based science is yet to scratch the surface. And how is it that you are able to make a person with a lot more confidence when they are suffering with something like multiple sclerosis? Then I realized more and more people are actually not having the basics of how Ayurveda is looking at a human being, that holistic approach. And then I see that there is a huge group of Ayurvedic practitioners abroad. And when they, sometimes these Ayurvedic practitioners also come to me as a patient. And when I try to tell them and they say that, oh my God, uh, what you say is something unique. I never read it in some of the books. Then I tell them, this is not unique in my place. This is something that is like default. It's like if you go to Brazil, every kid will play football like it's a natural talent. And if you go to Iceland or Canada, people will play ice hockey like it's a natural talent. It's just the way the culture trained them. So this is like something that you picked it up and then now I'm connecting the dots. So when I tell them, this is how it is and they say that, how come I didn't know it before? The reason is, mostly most of the books that are written in English, except for a few like Dr. Sobodaji's books and few other books that I recommend, many of the books, we are very superficial in limiting to internet dosha quizzes or the questionnaire of the doshas. And we are just lifestyle. I mean, lifestyle is so important. No disrespect to that. But we are just limiting there and we are not going deeper. Where are the things? For example, one of the things that people come and tell me every time I go abroad to do consultations, their doctor, can you check my pulse and tell me what is my dosha? That's the only thing that they want where I could, you know, I always tell when you go to a real good vaidya and all you ask is, I just want to know my dosha. It's like going to an authentic Italian restaurant and you say, all I want is a good tomato ketchup with my pizza. 
it's like uh, you are literally humiliating that you know when they have so many authentic stuff to offer all you are asking is just a chinese chemical based ketchup but there is much more to it than just understanding my dosha and people actually what i found is the concept of dosha is highly misunderstood and overrated and because of which people think i am like this so i am going to be like this for the rest of my life and they are missing the whole idea and this makes people feel that you're putting a person in like a in a box that you're going to be like this for the rest of your life if okay i am kaffa there is nothing else i can do so i'm going to be depressed i'm going to be fat there's nothing else i can do maybe i have to move that's it but it doesn't say that it just means that at that point of time you're like that and how can we come out of that epigenetical or predisposition that you have and that aspect of mentioning in ayurveda is completely missing and on other side so many aspects of ayurvedic foundations are misunderstood i see that there is a huge scope when people understand these they are able to help people because the need for sciences like ayurveda is just going to get more and more and the reason is in ayurveda it is mentioned every disease can be classified into two types a disease of malnourishment and a disease of overconsumption diseases of malnourishment is somebody is having marasmus or let's say dehydration or vitamin deficiency or hypoglycemia and diseases of overconsumption is obesity metabolic disorders diabetes high blood pressure all these are because of overconsumption and today if you ask anyone what was the reason some of your near and dear ones died you would hardly hear anyone say they died because they didn't have food they all are going to say they died of heart attack or cancer or stroke or or unless there is an accident or something to deal with overconsumption the reason is our body is designed to live in scarcity we are not designed to live in this abundance that we have created so the problems of health because of access to abundant food and abundant indulgence is so mentioned in ayurveda these problems are much more difficult to treat than problems of scarcity because if something is missing in the body you just need to top it up if something is inside the body and if you want to get it out it's a lot of nightmare that's why lifestyle plays an important role connecting with your body plays an important role breaking your unhealthy patterns plays an important role and then slowly taking step by step the, that's where ayurveda is becoming more and more reliable than any other time so more people are asking i want to be an ayurvedic practitioner where should i start i read this i did this course but it's still not giving me a practical input where to start as i've told you many of them say they just don't feel comfortable sitting with people with chronic conditions mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. they don't know what to say or do mm-hmm. right exactly and that's the whole idea and i have seen so many people with metabolic disorders being helped by a good nutritionist than a good allopathic doctor i've seen so many people with chronic illnesses who are treated well with a good yoga teacher who does yoga nidra and counseling and energy healing than an allopathic doctor allopathic doctor is fantastic in calming down or giving that when the pain is so much they give a good suppressant or an immunosuppressant so and that's where ayurveda comes ayurveda has this approach of looking at the body in a 360 degree analysis and as long as it's not an emergency because emergency we have fantastic healthcare right now 
but people want to feel heard people want to say that at least there is a person who understands what i'm going through and that's what the beauty about when you are able to integrate ayurveda into your practice to help your clients to understand what is the road map to recover from your current situation that's what i intend to do with this mastermind If you are looking for better ways to understand astrology and yourself, you are in luck because I have a course out now called The Planets. And it goes in depth into the stories of the planets, their characteristics, how we can have a relationship with them, how they may afflict us and what to do about it. You also learn a lot about karma, about Vedic astrology and what it is, where it originates from, how to read your chart. So it's a pretty in-depth look and a helpful tool for you to better understand astrology. If you'd like to learn more, you can go to weaveyourbliss.teachable.com. You'll see the planets there and you can click through and learn more. Ayurveda and Ayurveda healing and beyond mastermind mastermind. Correct. (laughs) And so tell us more about it. When does it start? And um, how can people find out more information? If you want to find the details about this mastermind program, check out the website vigneshdevraj.com. And we are starting the course from 8th of January uh, onwards. So every month we will have every Thursday and Saturday, six sessions in a month. And there'll be a lot of pre-recorded sessions and also some notes that will be sent to them. And the whole idea of this mastermind, it's I want to bring in the concept of how we learn a mother tongue. You know, we don't struggle learning mother tongue, but we struggle learning a new language. When we go to school, first they, you learn the alphabets and then you learn how to say the words and then you learn the grammatical rules. And then by the time you finish all this, you don't know how to speak that language unless you go to that country where they speak that language. Maybe you can read it. But still, you have to restart all of it again. But when it comes to mother tongue, how you learn it, you learn by imitating others. You learn by really practicing it. And then you go to school and read the alphabets. So when you connect the dots backwards, you are able to master the language in a much faster way. And your brain is able to perform it, you know, activate it and make it practical. And you are able to master that language much faster. The same concept we are approaching in mastermind, we are going to learn from the reverse way. Let's understand the disease, how this is being treated and why this treatment. And then when you go back to the foundations of Ayurveda, it makes sense. So one of my teacher, Dr. Shanta Kumari, she was a gifted eye doctor, Ayurvedic eye doctor. She always says, the most efficient way to learn Ayurveda is learn the treatments and why and where this is used in which disease. That way you'll be able to decode the foundations of Ayurveda in a much faster way and you'll be a much better practitioner. And so there's also going to be information about the foundations and refining some of the stuff that maybe people are getting more basic information about. Is that right? For sure. I mean, foundations is very important. Foundations is the crux. You know, only when the foundations are strong, you're able to build that structure more and more. However, usually the problem is many of the people who approach me, they say that they are just lost in the foundation. They don't know how to practice it and implement it in their practice. But when we are able to give them, examples where this foundation is going to be used, then that makes sense. 
So that is what is missed today. We spend a lot of time in foundations, but we miss out. It's like I learned the alphabets, I learned the words, I learned the grammar, but I never practice speaking. Imagine we forget any, everything about the foundation. You just focus on speaking. And then when you learn the foundation, that's how you master it. We need to first understand, practice it and then you make the foundation. So the idea of this mastermind is we go through all the diseases where Ayurveda is really able to help, like concepts of vata, where anxiety is a big problem, burnout is a big problem, constipation, bloating is a big problem, fibromyalgia, many people are suffering with this pain. Chronic fatigue syndrome. Many people are suffering with this, especially during the COVID. So in these conditions, we take through case studies and go through how this is being treated and how Ayurveda is able to help. And then when we refer back, which foundation principles of Ayurveda are we applying here? That will stay in your brain and you will be able to replicate it in a much better way. And at the end of this mastermind, they have the possibility to visit my retreat and be an intern here and learn with our therapists, doctors and myself. So where they have a hands-on experience with the treatments, hands-on experience with the consultations that I and my colleagues will be doing. And also they get to see how patients are recovering. That is so cool. I mean, that is like, you know, I hope people join just for that experience because it sounds like an amazing place. That way they are able to experience it better. Sometimes people say, oh, I wish to go to Italy to learn Italian. So same way, when they come and engage in the real practice, how this is being practiced and lived, and when they see the first patient coming on the first day and after two or three weeks, when they go back, they go back rejuvenated and feeling like renewed, that seeing and feeling is what is going to give them the confidence. So they are able to give that, uh, take their practice to the next level. See, one of my teachers used to always say, a vaidya is always a learning machine. You have to constantly learn. And learning is such an important part. And when we learn, that's when our confidence gets, we become younger. And there is a sutra in Charaka Samhita, which says, Vidya Tarpanam. The word Tarpanam means nourishing. Knowledge is nourishing and wisdom is nourishing. And when we apply it, it's even more nourishing. So that's the whole idea. You learn the case studies, how these foundations are applied. And then when you come and experience all of that together, it's just going to be a fantastic capsulated way. Wonderful. So we'll include a link in the show notes so that people will be able to see more about this program and get a sense of, you know, if it's for them or not. Sure. Is there anything else you want to share before we jump into the rapid fires? Sure. Uh, the future of holistic healthcare is the future. I mean, uh, that's where people are going to come because we are not worried about many of the emergency concerns like how it was a few decades before. Now people are worried about how can I stay healthy? How can I be fulfilled? How can I be happy? And how can I stay independent during my old age without being a burden to others? And in this aspect, Ayurveda is one of the most powerful ways to integrate into people's lives. So definitely, this is a beautiful future when we can spread the message of and wisdom of Ayurveda here. Love that. Okay, so what is one piece of advice that has really helped you in your life? You are exactly where you are supposed to be. So when you feel anxious, confused, or frustrated, what's the first thing you do to ground yourself? I completely distract myself into something very healthy, like journaling or uh, workout or yoga or playing an instrument. And then when I come back and I realize, oh my God, why am I so worried about these things? So disconnecting from that thought process and engaging in something where you feel excited. And then when you go back to it, it'll all just fall into places. 
So what is your favorite hot beverage? Ginger lemon honey with hot water. Oh, that's a good one. I love that when I'm in India. It's such a treat. What would be your last meal on earth? Rice. We have a South Indian dish called sambar. Mm-hmm. And then we have these uh, rice curries and we have something called as pappadam. And then after that, you have a dessert called payasam. This is what you get when you go to a South Indian wedding. This is the meals that they give. And this is the last meal that I would definitely want to have. And you're making me miss India. (laughs) So good. Um, Do you have a morning routine? And if so, what part is non-negotiable? I'm guessing, yes, you do. (laughs) Uh, My morning routine, wake up, do my Agni Hotra, chanting Gayatri Mantra. And if I don't have a really busy day, then I do Surya Namaskar, like about 12 rounds. But if not, this Agni Hotra and chanting of Gayatri Mantra, these are my two very important parts of my daily rituals. Tell us about a person who inspires you and why. My father, how they were born at a time when there was no internet, there was no such communication devices that we are blessed with. And he didn't have the ability to get so much of education like I have had. But in spite of that, you know, he learned, he always learned new, new things. And he had to practice at the same time, develop an organization and develop a hospital, all three at the same time. And he developed a family and he raised me. And when I see how he's able to do all of that, and we have like 400 employees in our pharmacy and our hospital all together, how is he able to take this all up and still be grounded? What inspires me is no matter what happens, you have to stay like a pillar underground, that we are going to be strong. We will overcome this, especially during this COVID times. And even when a lot of difficult things happen, you know, our organization, we just reached 100th year this uh, November. So When I look back, 100 years is like you are going through a lot of ups and downs. Like India was under the British era and then you had the world war. And by the way, there was a Spanish flu before. Uh, And then we had the partition and all of that. And then we also survived the COVID and all of that. In spite of that, you know, we still keep not just survive, we thrive. And that ability to handle that change, that is something that inspired me from him. Something people might not know about you. I love to work out in gym. (laughs) Great. (laughs) You also mentioned playing music. I was curious about that because I didn't know you played an instrument. Do you play instruments? Yes, I used to play guitar and I still play guitar. Uh, Again, in the lockdown, I picked it up. At one point of time, that was one of my hobbies uh, during my college and school days. And now also I play once in a while. It gives me to disconnect from the rest of my other things and concerns and then helps me to ground. What are you reading right now? Illusion of Evidence-Based Science. It talks about how the pharmaceutical industry manipulates the drug trial research and they hire the most expensive statisticians and they brainwash the physicians to say this is the new drug that you all need and how people get addicted to these. It's -hmm. a very profound book, but once you read that, oh my God, you're going to really (laughs) get worried about the current healthcare system. I already am worried, but that would probably make it worse. (laughs) Um, So what's one thing bringing you joy right now? One is I'm going to start this mastermind program where people are going to learn about Ayurveda and how it's going to help them because I always have a mission to help as many people and to reach out them to live out their healthiest versions. 
So this mastermind program is I'm able to communicate and train many practitioners so that it's going to reach to indirectly to many other people. So can you tell us other ways people can connect with you like on Instagram? Check the website sitaramretreat.com where people come here to do panchakarma and a holistic approach of Ayurveda. And uh, they can check my podcast, Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond. It's there in Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts. And my website, vigneshdevraj.com. And vigneshdevraj is the handle for Instagram as well. Beautiful. So nice to see you. Uh, have a wonderful day. And I look forward to hearing how things turn out with the mastermind. Thank you. Thank you, Paula. Thank you for the guidance that you're giving. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weave Your Bliss podcast. We hope it was inspiring for you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a comment for us. I want to thank the team at Team Podcast who helped get this podcast out to you. And also to thank the musicians who were the creators of this beautiful music we're listening to now. It comes from an album, Fragments of a Season, by Alexis Georgopoulos and Jeffrey Cantulodesma. So check it out wherever you get your music. Have a wonderful day, and we will connect soon on a future episode. Thank you.